Plenty going on in the tennis world. Let's have a chat with uh, our good friend over across the ditch, eh? Brett Phillips. Let's welcome him into the show. Brett, are you there? I think I think him and Kez are still exchanging recipes in the kitchen, is he? Oh, okay. We, we shouldn't be too far away. We did get a text. What are they getting? A bit of an escargot? Escargot. Uh, escargot. Yeah, and La Café. Kez, Kez will be working out his uh, Eggs Benedict uh, recipe, trying to get the sauce right, the hollandaise. Uh, here he is. Uh, Brett Phillips joins us. G'day, Brett. How are you doing? Oh, gentlemen, good morning. Yes, we've come off a couple of um, really big women's uh, semi-finals. It's been a long night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, we appreciate you coming on. There has been plenty happening, but uh, Swatek. Too good for Haddad Maya in the semi-final, so punching through to take on uh, Buchova in the final. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's a great effort by Iga. I mean, she is the world number one, and you know her world number one ranking was under threat coming into this tournament. But she loves Roland Garros, and uh, you know, defending champion uh, into her third final in four years, and you know she won her first Roland Garros as a 19-year-old, but. Hey, hats off to her opponent today. Uh, I thought she was going to extend that to a third set. Beatrice had admired because her three matches previous, she'd come from a set down to win. I mean, she played one match in the round of 16 that went three hours and 51 minutes. I think she beat uh, Onjabur in the quarterfinals, two hours and 29. Mm. And she's a much improved player, come from nowhere. I mean, she was 80-odd in the world about a year ago, climbing to be almost inside the top 10. You know, first Brazilian woman in a Grand Slam semi-final in 55 years, so a long drought. But, yeah, Iga, Iga got through. But the match earlier, I think, is probably the best Grand Slam semi-final that I can remember on the women's side. Um, yeah, Carolina Mukova, uh, fantastic. I mean, the Czech Republic, it's only got 9 million people, the Czech Republic. Um, but, mm. it, gee, it, it produces a lot of extraordinary tennis players. So they've got such depth and... She actually made a semi-final of the Australian Open about three years ago. She beat Ash Barty in the quarters. And she is, she is almost like watching Ash Barty in the window. Now, we miss Ash severely, let me tell you, um, because their women's tennis ranks are a little bare now. Uh, but she is a breath of fresh air. So it was a contrasting style today. She played the brute power of Arena Sabalenka. She sliced... She threw in drop shots, little dinky shots. Just got beautiful feel and touch. Three hours and 13 minutes to see off Sabalenka. It was high-class tennis. It was an absolute beauty earlier today. It was a, a great match. Uh, but what it does mean is that we've got uh, you know, a bit of a fairy tale with a, someone who's, who wasn't even seated in this tournament making the final against uh, the overwhelming favourite. I mean, the French Open is a tournament that tends to throw that up a little bit. I, I, I think back to uh, the Italian Sara Arani, what was that, 2018, 2017, something like that, uh, getting, uh, do, doing the same, coming from sort of nowhere, wasn't exactly a household name, and making the final of the French Open. No, you're right. Uh, no doubt. I mean, it, you know, clay doesn't suit everyone, and there are some clay quarters who, you know, do really well at this slam and don't really fire a shot on the grass or uh, or the hard courts. But look, Mukova, uh, she should be she should be a top ten player. I mean, the last three years, so she came into this tournament ranked 43, but I really think of her as a top 20 player and who can elevate even higher. She's got the game, but she's had two... Since she made that semi-final in Australia, she's had two really lengthy stints on the sidelines with uh, a couple of severe injuries. And if it wasn't for that, uh, she would have skyrocketed uh, a lot earlier. And you know, she's, uh, she's a beauty. She's got this calm serenity about her. 
and uh, you know she just made life. It was just the worst matchup for Sabalenka, to be totally honest. Who couldn't deal with the slice? Those balls down low around your ankles. You know the moon balls, moon balls over your shoulders. There was lots of different stuff going on, <laughs> uh, but it's, it got her over the line. Well, let's slip over to the men's side, and we've talked about it while we're um, just coming out of the seven o'clock break. The big matchup. It feels like a, a, a Grand Slam final. Let's be completely honest. We've got Alcaraz taking on Novak Djokovic, yeah. who has beaten before. They've only faced each other once before, and Alcaraz yeah. got the better of him. Is this Alcaraz's time to shine on the big stage? I can't tell you how excited I am, gents. This is <laughs> this is a matchup, a matchup for the ages because I love when the generations crossover and here's Carlos who's the most watchable player in the men's game right now I mean I, I'd go as far as to say he's almost the most watchable sports person on the planet now I, some people probably you know throwing things at the phone right now or the radio but <laughs> look um, this guy this guy will, will will he'll draw in non-tennis people because of the, uh, the the style of game he plays the way he engages with the crowd 20 years of age, world number one, against the man who has occupied the most weeks at world number one in the history of the sport. 16 years older, going for the record 23 majors, but Carlos Elcaraz is walking on water at the moment. This kid is unbelievable. I mean, he, he will entertain us for the next 15 years. I'm not sure what numbers he'll reach, but it is Rafael Nadal version two with the offense of Roger mm. Federer. The defense of Nadal with the offense of Federer and I think he probably beats Djokovic tonight. I, I, as long as he holds his nerve, I mean, the, the Joker's a brick wall. The Joker will just make him play a lot of balls. But Carlos, uh, he is on fire at the moment. If he, um, if he doesn't miss too many tonight, it's, it is breathtaking. It's in your face. And, uh, yeah, oh, we cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> what you said there, Brett, about it being in your face is something I wanted to talk to you about because he just attacks his opponent from day one, right? Like There is no easing your way into a match with Alcaraz and he just hammers you from the get-go. Um, is there a chance that he blows Joker away in this? It's possible. I mean, those first two sets against Tsitsipas were extraordinary. Now, we know clearly Djokovic is a better player than Tsitsipas and you know, Novak uh, can be a great front runner. I've watched enough Australian Open finals up close here where he's dominated to know that he uh, he can grind you early and, and just get the scoreboard uh, heavily in his favour. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he look, Carlos brings this incredible intensity from ball one. And who, who does that remind you of? The great Rafael Nadal. Nadal, he practices like Nadal. He plays like Nadal. Um, he's just got the same attitude. Uh, he even if he's facing a bit of adversity during the match, he's got that calmness just to reset and he knows that his assets will you know, get him back into the match. Uh, it's a ball of muscle out there and he's going to be tough to beat. Oh, let's do it justice. We've got to talk about the other side of the draw. Kasparud taking on Alexander Zverev sorry, and uh, in that semi-final. How does that play out? Yeah, it's a good matchup. It really is. I think you know, Sasha, big Sasha leads two one the head to head. Now this has been an extraordinary comeback from Zverev. I mean, you may remember this time last year, he's right in that semi final with Rafael Nadal yep. and horrifically goes mm. down on his ankle, wheelchair off the court, um, 
you know, he didn't come back and play until what I think a, a couple of exhibitions really late last year. So really, his comeback started this year, and it had been patchy. Uh, you know, a month ago, I wouldn't have said Alexander Zverev was going to be in the final, uh, the semi-finals again of the French Open. But look, his third consecutive year, he's building and building. What I loved about his last match, because it, he's, there's been the accusation at times he's been a bit too passive, but he's, he's 6'6", this guy, and he came into the net 57 times. He came in, he said, would be good enough to pass me, pass me. But I'm going to come in like a big gazelle, wingspan all over you, uh, in your face, and his volleying was so crisp. So he's got to take the game on, Zverev, because he is the bigger ball striker out of the two, but Kasper Root is a great absorber, and he can redirect, and he's fit, and he gets a lot of balls back, and he loves playing on clay. I think Casper might get him, but, gee, there's not much in that matchup. Brett, earlier this morning we were talking about this and saying, well, you know, um, Djokovic and Alcaraz is the final, right? I mean, whoever wins that's going to win the whole thing. Uh, without, you know, sort of being disrespectful to the other semi-finalists, can you see a mm. way that that this goes any other way than the winner of that semi taking it out? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think I think those two are uh, another level above. And, um, you know, they've both got so much to play for. I mean, the, the world number one rankings on the line, uh, you know, Djokovic trying to get to 23. It's almost like he's got a cash in this year because he's 36 and this young generation, they're ready. I mean, you know, Sinner and obviously Holger Runa and, and Alcaraz, these guys are playing unbelievable tennis. They're not playing the reputation on the other side. So, you know, I, I think I, I'm pretty convinced the winner comes from uh, either Alcaraz or Djokovic. All right, Brett, what's happening in your own backyard? Obviously, Ash Barty, I've seen her down. She was over in New Zealand uh, for the New Zealand Golf Open, walked past her, and no one was binking an eye at her, and I was like fanboying hard. I couldn't believe Ash Barty was sitting right there. But on the other side, you've got Nick Kyrgios. What's what's going on with Nick? <laughs> you might be able to tell me. <laughs> I mean, who, who would know? I think, he was at, I think he was at the airport yesterday, which might mean he's... Heading over for the grass uh, in in the build up, I think he I think he scheduled to play the uh, I think it's Stuttgart uh, the grass tournament which he played last year. But yeah, who, who knows? I mean, he's such the outlier, isn't he? We we just hard, we we hardly see him play. But when he plays, it's good. He can just he's a freak. I mean, he can pick up a racket off no prep and just waltz in and serve thunderbolts at two hundred k's plus and and dominate you. It's a it's a massive asset to have, but. Uh, we've been used to that for a while. Uh, yeah, everyone's obsessed with him, but he's, yeah, for, for me, who follows the sport 24-7 pretty much, I, I find it a tough one to buy into. So you know, yeah. I'm all behind Alex Demonor. The only problem is Alex Demonor has probably peaked at 20 in the world. I'm not sure he can get any higher than that. Well, just on Ash Barty, actually, um, you know, there was a lot of talk when she decided to bow out of tennis that she wanted to pursue other things athletically. And there was talk of golf, there was talk of her going back to cricket. Uh, things like that. Do you know where she is at and what she is up to? Well, I think she's uh, well. She's going to become a mum uh, pretty soon, and she's written a couple of books. And she appears here, there, and everywhere. I think she's you know does uh, some speaking engagements. Her, her life is pretty full, and I think she's really happy. And I, look, I get asked all the time, "Do you think she'll come back and play professional tennis?" Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm absolutely convinced that she won't come back. And she was lucky to cash in over a three or four year period that she can set her whole life up. I mean, she's worth an absolute uh, squillion. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, look, who knows? You never say never. 
Uh, I'm sure she does miss um, parts of the game, but she didn't miss the lifestyle and the travel and living out of a suitcase and being away from home for uh, so many months, which the Aussies have got to do probably more than any other nation. Maybe, you know, us and you guys, uh, where we are logistically, you can't just duck home uh, for a week. <laughs> You've got to stay on the road for a while. So, yeah, it didn't quite uh, suit you know, Ash, and no, she's pretty uh, pretty comfortable with life, I would think. Yeah, well, Brett, I know you've been up yeah. all night, mate, and uh, and you've been you've been doing the hard yards over there on Stan, uh, so you're keeping you busy. But just before you go, this may be a stat you'll, you'll have to look up, but uh, Swiatek looking odds-on to take out the women's title, Alcaraz odds-on to take out the men's title. When was the last time the world number one in both men's and women's won a grand, the same Grand Slam at the same time? <sighs> yeah, probably I'll have to... Um... I'd have to think about that. It's one yes. for the coverage tonight, mate. It's one for the coverage tonight. Get the producers quiz. onto that's it. That's for a quiz. Well, <laughs> that's a quiz one. <laughs> well, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say if Ash, um, oh, actually Ash won, Ash won when Novak uh, wasn't in Melbourne, yes, because of the COVID situation. That's the one I was thinking of. But I'll, uh, yeah, I'll come back to you. A little rain check on that one. Yeah, no, good stuff, Freddie. I know it's been a long night for you, brother. So we'll let you go and uh, rest up Thanks, and, 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 and go well with the rest of your coverage, eh? Appreciate your time. Uh, pleasure. Good to chat. Thanks, guys. Good to chat. Yeah, Brett Phillips here with us out of Australia, of course, uh, part of the SCN family as well, Lizzie. And yeah, I mean that's the that's the odds on bet, isn't it? You, you multi up uh, oh. one at uh, the both number ones to take this out. Yeah, you would. It'll be hard to go past that. But I have to applaud him. It's five thirty a.m. in Australia. Mm. He's been up all night and he's yep. doing back to back interviews. <laughs> so, thank you, our good friend from across the Tasman, Brett Phillips. But ah, uh, yeah, look, Alcaraz, young. Might be a long, old few years for him at the top of this little podium in the tennis world. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, you, you've seen the guys like Zverev we talked about, Tsitsipas, all these guys coming through that we thought were going to be the next big thing. And, you know, Federer and Nadal and Djokovic kept hanging on and kept hanging on and kept hanging on. He's the first one to come on and go, don't care about reputation, and just doesn't seem to have that mental block that some of the others do. So once those other guys go, can these others then bring their game? Yeah, well, they're getting opportunities now. They're getting time in in the limelight, and that's all you need as a young tennis player. You've got Taylor Britz from over in America. He's obviously knocking on the door. Um, mate, this, this is a changing of the guard, and Carlos Alcaraz is, is doing that at the moment. Joker, obviously leading the way in t- terms of Grand Slams, but um, Alcaraz, he'll want to think, uh, do something different there. But, mate, great to talk some tennis. Awesome, loved it. Loved it indeed. Uh, we'll talk uh, more sport right throughout the morning. We're here through till nine. We've got John Ryan, the Irish prop, out of the Chiefs just after eight. And before uh, eight o'clock, we're going to catch up with former All-White goalkeeper Michael Ludding and find out what he's been up to. We'll do that after this.